0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Overcome and Become podcast. With me, as always, is my kind co-host, Humberto Kaufman, and his incredibly slick back hair today, who will be joining us. And uh, Humberto, how are you?
1: I know I got to show up um, yeah, too.
0: Yeah, you, you got go to
1: show it off. Woo. I am very well, sir. How are you? How do you feel? I'm good, man. I'm good.
0: You know what? It's funny. I had a friend of mine who is also getting haircuts. Who, who actually made a good point. He's like, what has the world come to? That illegal haircuts is like the biggest flex right now. Like if you can get a fucking nice haircut during COVID, you're the fucking man.
1: It's pretty ridiculous, man. And it's. I think it's still a little confusing as to what is allowed and what's not because you're provided with guidelines and a lot of these, uh, they can become a little seemingly ambiguous or unclear, you know? like. Does this fall under this category that is allowed? Does this fall in the category that is not allowed, right? So um, I think people are just doing what they can to kind of keep creating some income.
0: I think at this point, if it was me, I'd just be kind of doing whatever the fuck I wanted because everything is so vague. You know, you think about things and it's like, well, we strongly encourage you not to do this. Then someone goes, so you're saying there's a stay-at-home work. No, we didn't say that. We're just saying we advise you not to, but you probably should.
1: By now you can kind of tell where it's going truly or, or or what is their stance depending on how they word it if it's like some sort of wording in, in along the lines of it's absolutely prohibited or whatever then okay it's pretty serious but if it's like we advise you strongly against the following it's like nah.
0: <laughs> you're like no one's actually gonna give you a ticket for that you might get a certain talking to but no one's gonna say "fuck you here pay twelve hundred dollars
1: like, can I go to jail
0: for that? If the answer is no, we're good to go. I'd be like, I've been to jail and you're not going to send me there for something <laughs> like that. I'll be like, try again, because I know they're full right now.
1: You're uh, like, I've been there. That doesn't scare me.
0: It doesn't scare me, muchacho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so the topic of today, getting past all the jokes, is we want to get into how to be prepared for a prep, preparation for prep, but in the financial mm-hmm. aspect. And we want to cover two different bases. We want to cover the basis of being prepared for a prep uh, both natural and enhanced with the gyms open or kind of like right now in our province, being prepared for a prep financially with the gyms closed and still having the things you need at home. Mm-hmm. So if I were to say from like the um, competitor perspective, I look at it and I go, just touching on being enhanced. If you If you are enhanced, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give you, if you're not making that much money, you need to save some funds for the simple fact that you have to realize whether it's a 16-week prep, a 12-week prep, 20-week uh, prep or 24-week prep, uh, nine times out of 10, you start with your basis of a protocol, which is like testosterone and and one other compound. And then as you know, every four-week period goes by, you might increase, decrease, yes. or add something, right? So you really have to yes. look at it like, okay, how much money am I gonna need? By the way, this is not us advising you on know, what to use or what not to use, but how much money am I gonna need? And from that, what well, could the changes be throughout? So I always look at it like from last prep to this prep, I look and I go, okay, no matter what, I'm going to need at least like $2,000, give or take with the changes that could happen here and there and running through certain things. Now you got to break it down. Food costs as well. If it's me thinking out loud based off my diet, I'm spending anywhere from $200 to $250 a week based off your proteins, where, where you shop, your chicken, your white fish, and of course your fresh vegetables unless you buy frozen. I don't know if you're fucking crazy or not. I I don't, but that's just me. Humberto, do you want to give your two cents
1: on this? Yeah, there are many factors that need to be taken into consideration when it comes to budgeting. Um, I I like that we actually started with one of the most important parts, which is the nutrition aspect, right? So within this aspect of of the topic, there's going to be a lot of variables to take into consideration as well. Uh, One of them is going to be your, you know, whether you have dietary Dietary restrictions, or you're uh, you subscribe primarily to a specific type of diet, or you have dietary preferences, such as you know you have, whether you're a be- vegan or or you know you're perfectly fine with eating all kinds of meat, or you just prefer certain kinds of meat. That is going to affect the budget as well, of course. Chicken steak, that is going to be quite expensive. That's those are some of the most expensive uh, protein sources that you can get. The carbohydrate sources generally are a little bit cheaper and it depends how fancy you get when it, when it comes to the carb sources, whether it's, uh, you know, avocados, uh, you know, uh, vegetable oils are really not that expensive. But other things like depends on what type of butter you incorporate in your diet, for example, as a, car, as a fat source, sorry, um, something like, like I, my personal favorite is cashew butter. So that one is a little bit, a little bit more expensive. Uh, I just, I just really enjoy how it tastes and how smooth it is. So that, you know, that, that obviously drives the cost up a little bit. So uh, it also depends on how much variety you're going to give your diet. It depends, of course, on if you're being coached by someone, then you're bound to the food sources that they are providing. Now, I don't believe that, you know, there's only one way of attaining a specific goal. Like what I mean is the variety versus monotony aspect, right? Uh, I have done both. I have done uh, preps in which my my nutrition approach is very monotonous. It's very simple because it's, the way I see it is easier to cook, uh, easier to prep. Uh, You spend less time on that. Uh, There's less things that you have to get that could potentially drive the cost down a little bit. However, uh, in, in some cases, eating the same things over and over for extended periods of time could create some digestion issues for some people. Um, which is why, if that is the case, then I would suggest against too much monotony and give it a little bit more variety. I found that I felt the best when I give my body as much variety from every single source, whether it's protein, carbs, or or, or fats uh, as possible. Now, this is going to drive the cost up a little bit. It also depends on how um, strategic and smart you are uh, where you get your stuff from. You can, If you get it in bulk, of course, it's going to be cheaper per gram or kilo or pound. If you uh, if you go to the type of store, that is just known to have costs a little bit more. If you go to like a like smaller type of s- store, for example, that is normally going to entail higher costs. So it depends on where you buy it as well. So those are things that you have to consider as well. All in all, the point is that you have to be very you have to plan a lot. You have to be very specific and strategic when it comes to that. If if, if budget is a potential issue, you know, bodybuilding is an expensive sport as well because as we have just discussed, the nutrition is going to be something that is going to potentially become pretty expensive. Then you have the supplements, then you have the, AAS or your enhancements, let's just call it that. Um, and then you have, if, if you are if you have a coach, then there's a coaching fee, whether it's upfront, whether it's uh, you know month to month, weekly, whatever. However, it is that he works works it out to be. Now, during uh, lockdown, of course, the gym membership that would normally be a a cost in a prep is something that you're going to not not be having to incur. That's an expense that is going to be non-present until. The lockdown is not the case anymore, so that's something of COVID versus non-COVID situation to consider as well. But now, if you don't have access to a gym, then you may have to get a few things to kind of train at home and at least get by and, and, and just to ensure that your training doesn't suffer, right? And it depends on how much you're willing to invest, okay? So, let's okay,
0: let's make it as cost-efficient as possible. Let's talk about, for me, in my opinion, I think the average person to really be able to afford a prep and to do without struggling financially or to penny pinch everything to be able to afford your diet your protocol if you're on one your coach and let's call it a gym membership if we're talking about if the gyms are open how much money does somebody have to make annually to really be able to afford it but I, if it's me I'm guessing you got to make at least 50k a year to really be able to actually do it properly because you got to factor in everything else your cost of living your car expenses whatever so
1: put it this way which type of athlete within competitive bodybuilding would be the most expensive a male bodybuilder. So that includes, that involves more food, which means per week, uh, that is going to get pretty expensive. If you are um, utilizing enhancements, that supplement protocol is going to, depends on the length of the prep as well, but if you are a heavier bodybuilder, you're going to likely require heavier dos- uh, higher dosages than someone that is 175 or under. Or if 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 you're a female that is using enhancements as well, right? Females, the 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 supplements in this regard gets really, really non-expensive in comparison to the guys, because of the doses, dosages they have to do is just so much more. It's incredibly small as they should be, you know, in comparison to the guys. Uh, If you have a very high profile, high-level coach, that is going to be another pretty big expense. Uh, you know, I have been coached by very good, well-renowned uh, coaches in the past, uh, including last year. I was, I was coached by Patrick Tour, and you know, he's not, he's not cheap at all. And the, the, the diet and the, and, the, and the supplement protocol he had me on it was not cheap either. So it depends on also what is your goal, um, how far you want to take it in the sport, how much you're willing to invest in it, right? Because, you know, if you are a novice competitor that is just trying to see whether this is for them or not, if you're still kind of like on the fence, I would think that you wouldn't really necessarily go all out with the investment and, you know, you'll be a little bit more cost efficient and then you might cut a little bit of corners in that regard when it comes to to this. Right now, if you're someone that wants to just absolutely demolish the competition from the beginning or at least do as much as possible to, you know, get perhaps an overall in your first competition. Uh, you're really trying to go all out, you know, this is probably something that is going to persuade you to invest a little bit more when it comes to nutrition, to who you're hiring for as a coach. Even if it's your first show, uh, you know, if uh, if there's no gym access, then you might be more uh, willing to get equipment because you, this is that much more important to you. Okay, so hold on.
0: The average male bodybuilder that you that you envision how much realistically do they need to pull in net every month in your experience to be able to really afford a prefer? let's say you're shooting for an overall at a regional, or you're trying to actually be competitive at national. What does somebody need to earn to be able to actually do it with the gyms open, not working out at home? we're talking about a heavy male enhanced competitor, heavy male enhanced. What do they Uh need to bring home to be able
1: to do that? (laughs) You're talking about, let's say, conservatively $250 in, in a diet a week. So that's a $1,000 okay. a month. Uh, you're talking about, it depends on how heavy the cycle is, but uh, you're probably talking about what? 500 to 750 a month in that okay. in cycle. Okay. Yeah. The protocol is 750, let's say so that's 1750. Then add the supplements, uh, depending on, the, on how heavy that is too, b- between the minor uh, minerals, vitamins uh, and all of the supplements what, another 300 at least a month? Depends on how you know whether you are uh, you get discounts, whether you you know have That's a supplement cool hookup coaches. or whatever. Sure, yeah. So you're, you're already talking about over two thousand dollars there. Gym membership, another 50. I mean, coaching the coaching, it depends whether it's upfront or whether it's monthly. Some coaches are 500, 600, 700 a month if you're going really high level, right? So you're talking about three thousand in your, your regular expenses prep related. If this again, this is not the case for absolutely everyone. Uh, there are you know certain things to be taken into consideration. Uh as it, it is the case in the female competitor aspect because those Things like their suit, that is pretty expensive in comparison to the guys, for example. So that's something that it offsets it. Uh, that's, you know.
0: that's a massive difference right there because like what, classic music trunks are most expensive we're going to get is maybe 70 or 100, depending who makes them. Oh my gosh, mine are 50 bucks and that's I mine, are fi- mine were 52, but I'm just saying, like some people get a little crazy, they pre-order <laughs> yeah, special yeah, yeah. and whatever. But the the female suit can be anywhere from like 300 plus and way up, right? So Oh man,
1: you've, you've had 15... 15- hundred freaking two thousand dollars like if they're really bedazzled they're going to get get pretty high up there well that's that's the thing okay so
0: let's be more direct with this because we're at we're just throwing statistics right now from personal experience
1: i it's just because i don't have a a, like a a straight answer and i don't want to limit people to be like oh shit if i don't make this money i'm okay 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 bring it back down from your
0: personal opinion from last prep getting coached by Patrick and and your food costs and your protocol, what did you roughly spend? It's just a guesstimate because you had a high-level coach. So what did you roughly spend? Don't break down I in detail. I,
1: I didn't keep track of it. That, that's the thing, right? Like I I could just come up with a number, but it could be pretty we- uh, far off because I just – um. Fortunate enough to not have to worry about that, so I just do whatever I need. It's just a do. guess. It's just a guess. oh My gosh I could be way off the mark. I'm trying to. You're uh, such a
0: cunt sometimes. I'm literally <laughs> just asking you for a guess. It's like that scene from the Notebook. It's like, what do you
1: want? It's not that easy. Let, let's, Let let's,
0: fucker, let's, It is that easy. It's a guess. It's
1: called no. It's not guess. easy at all. This is a very very. Very hard question, man. I'm gonna say based on what basically what I what I told you, I'm gonna say the three to four thousand.
0: Okay, okay, great. That's fantastic. Three to four K. So if somebody decides, let's say right now while we're on COVID, they need a second job, I would gladly hire them. You need a second job and you don't care what that job is, shoot me your resume. I'll hire you on the spot. You might fucking hate the job, but you can use the income to save for your next prep. Bam. There you go. Uh, no, three to four k. Actually, that sounds. Now cool, that the commercial
1: is over, let's continue with the podcast.
0: You're such a dick. My <laughs> point that I'm trying to say is sometimes easier to go into it and just pay for everything all up front. Now I've never done that. I wish I could, but I've never done it.
1: And it depends also on your the the spending habits and how what your financial approach has been all altogether. Because some people have a cash cushion that they can really you know call on when it comes to to this, right? Some people have perhaps have already pre-budgeted in in order for them to not to be because if you're someone that's kind of like living paycheck to paycheck paycheck and kind of like struggling you're gonna have a hard time i'm not saying it it cannot happen but you're going to be really stressing and stress is something that you want to lessen as much as possible when you are prepping because we know that that can affect everything it affects your mindset it affects your training it affects your look and it, it affects how your body digests and responds to absolutely everything so for the people you know perhaps listening right now and perhaps are considering getting into uh the competitive world don't let these numbers scare you it's just a rough estimate for someone then again we are we're overestimated overestimating in the in the hopes that you have a good idea or as close as an idea if you fall within these demographics if you're a large bodybuilder is really trying to 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 go far in the sport and wants to become a professional and and literally bodybuild for a living these are the expenses that you're going to likely be facing down the road, and maybe right from the beginning. Now, if you're someone that is just doing it for fun and, 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 and you know, like a female doing their first bikini competition, you know, don't disregard these numbers. They're, you're not going to get probably not even to half of them. It, there's quite a range depending on the situation, but the point is that you perhaps overestimate. So when you're, you're faced with the actual expenses, you're not freaking the hell out.
0: There you go. Okay. About $5,500, 6000 last year that's roughly what i've spent i think between the coaching the food the supplements and the protocol and that was with having like a supplement sponsor and getting shit the reason why it was so much was actually because it kept getting prolonged over and over if it wasn't that prolonged it wouldn't have been that much that's right but that's because it went from being whatever it initially was 20 weeks until i I stopped keeping track
1: i know you and i started uh working towards we started, it, Well, it we restarted in January because you took a little bit of a break, a break remember? Because we started like, it was like 55 weeks out. I don't remember, I put it on the program just to kind like of make fun you know. of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you were like 55 weeks out from the 2020 Van um, Dyke was supposed to be in May, but then you moved from May to September, from the September to October. Um, speaking of which... We just heard that. The, yeah, I
0: like this, the sickest like smile on your face about to say it. I'm
1: not. No, this is a this is serious matter, of course. But um, serious. yeah, unfortunately, the Van Dyke has been pushed to September. So the Van Dyke is a regional event, the regional event where we are from in the province of Manitoba in Canada. That is the main. Uh, it has two parts, one natural and one open. Um, two shows, one natural and one open. And this, it was scheduled to, be, to, to take place July 18. And it has now pushed, unfortunately... It was now pushed to October 30th due to the, you know, uh, due to reasons out of the promoter's control, of course, which being the lockdown, people not necess- not really, most people not really having access to enough equipment to train. You know, the, the some of them have uh, become creative or have uh, uh, made a point of getting enough equipment to get by with the training, but I, I'm not entirely sure what is the percentage of, of, of uh, the people that were, pre- not as many. I would say, 40% tops, I, I don't think, you know, so as a promoter, they have to think about the bigger picture. And yes, it's unfortunate for the people that were very, were very serious about the prep and they were prepping for a while and they maybe, maybe even invested to get some equipment and now it's still getting postponed. But again, it's it's something that uh, it has haunted us for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, you, as we were just talking about in your case, that was the, uh, the situation as well last year where it got moved uh, many, many times. Move, so. canceled, move canceled move Move finally happened yeah
0: but by the end of it i think most people are just like ah oh, it happens it happens but um okay but yeah that's that's exactly why the budget was so much you just you you dragged that commercial for the vdc on so long just now okay uh, <laughs> let me shamelessly promote uh the van dyke classic
1: that's my show, so I'm not promoting it. Fuck off.
0: Anyways, uh, what I was getting to though, since you brought it up, I'm gonna say it's less than that. I'm gonna say like maybe 10 or 15 percent of the people that were planning to compete actually have stuff at home, stuff at home to keep progressing. Okay, let's get into how much should you spend to have the things you need at home? Ideally,
1: you
0: like you want something for cardio, but you could do your cardio outside if you're a psychopath. But you you want something for cardio, you want a squat rack. You want a bar and you want some weights essentially to be able to do the bare minimum and a bench,
1: right? It would depend on the category. It would depend on what's the priority when it comes to muscle development, right? So that is going to determine, for example, if you are a bikini competitor, a greater amount of investment is going to go towards bands and things that, I mean, you still need weight, of course, but bands are not something that I'm talking about loop bands, the ones that go around the knees. Yeah that is not necessarily something that, you know, a male bodybuilder is going to be investing in. Um, so it depends on what's the category. It depends on what is the need for heavier weight. Um, you know, if you can get by with perhaps adjustable dumbbells that go up to 30 pounds, 35 pounds, then great. Cause you don't really have to invest as much. If, if, if 35 pounds is really not, I mean, you can still engage in that and, 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 and stimulate the muscles somewhat somehow with that kind of weight but after a few weeks the body is going to start to respond to the lesser stimulus and it's going to start to uh to lose size uh, now if that's around the way that you were kind of used to and you don't need that much more weight then you know you're probably going to be able to get by with that type of equipment for a little bit longer so it really depends on on the situation because, but yeah on the category and the situation so- i mean Yeah, go ahead. For me, um, you know, a classic physique competitor that was prepping last year. I slowly, all the way from March um, last year, as soon as the first lockdown happened, my wife and I started. Uh, It was actually mostly her idea. I think it was, I was in denial a little bit, I think, and I was just going to get like a few things. And she, she basically made me realize that we didn't really know how long this was going to go for. So we got as much as we could. And, And the basics that we, at first, the very first couple of things that I got were a, a barbell, which was one of, it was an Olympic barbell, but one of the ones that are like 20 pounds in weight. They're not as long. They can't take as much weight a couple of 45 pounds and i had some bands that was about it and then we started getting a power uh, uh a bench and a couple other things right uh for the first two to four weeks with a minimum equipment i could get by uh, luckily i was able to get creative enough and with the knowledge that i possess when it comes to training i was able to get pretty decent workouts and that's another thing too because you're limited not necessarily only by the equipment but also by the knowledge that you possess if you don't really know you know how to the basics of the movement that is going to make you engage x muscle like once you learn that then you can get create, more creative and, and and it doesn't really be, uh, become a matter of oh, I'm, I'm limited to thinking about exercises then you become more aware of thinking about the movement or the actual position of your body and the angles rather than the exercise itself. So for example, like, uh, you know, if you're used to doing flat barbell press for chest, right? And you don't have access to that, just, you know, you, you shouldn't be thinking about that exercise per se. You should be thinking about what is your body doing in that exercise to engage those muscles, right? Which is a specific motion. So that can be applicable to every single, every, every single muscle group. Uh, a muscle group that gives mo- mo- most people a hard time with limited equipment is quads because quads are very, very, very big muscle group. They're very strong. So it requires generally speaking, quite a bit of load. Um, So if you have only like, you know, a couple dumbbells that are 35 pounds, it's like, okay, you're going to have, you can still do it. like you do a lot of things with, with, with a couple of 35 pounds, but it depends on what is your limitation when it comes to awareness of the options. And that, that is where I coach, comes in or or you do an extensive research but most people don't want to do it yeah okay so let's provide a ballpark
0: just for like the basic person let's not get yeah I, re- I just realized
1: i just realized i did not answer your question did i
0: not really so i'm going to talk about the basics then okay ideally um during the first quarantine actually uh ron partlow and dusty hanshaw i had spoken to them and they gave me some great advice. So like, if you're in quarantine right now and you're actually in a prep and you're serious and you wanna be competitive at the regional or national level, they broke down exactly what to get. And they were very, very honest about it. They're like, if you wanna keep progressing, whether you're male or female, like spend like three to 400 bucks on a rack. It doesn't have to be like the full power rack. You can get just a half rack so you can do squats on it. You have to make sure it has a pull up bar. And of course, make sure you have an adjustable bench. So three to four hundred on a rack—that's one thing. Then you get yourself a barbell. It's another what two to three hundred bucks, depending what you want. Two hundred for a basic one. So we're now at roughly five, five six hundred bucks. If you just want to keep it light, you can get a pair of plates for two hundred dollars. So we're still under a thousand dollars right now. Okay, we're still under a thousand. Now you want the bench, depending on how much the bench costs. I mean, we're just we're just up to about twelve hundred bucks. So ideally, what I think is if you are on a prep, you want to keep doing what you're doing. You want to keep progressing. If you have roughly about $2,000, you should be able to almost buy everything you need, if not have everything you need to be able to do most things, right?
1: Absolutely. So if you were like, okay, if you had to pick the absolute minimum for you to make your training work, I would completely agree with that. Power rack, Olympic barbell, as many places as you can, and the, the bench, right? Because with the bench, then you can get different angles for multiple exercises as well. Variable work is gonna go a long way. I mean, it's not, of course, ideal, but we're making the most out of something. Now the problem is that yeah, some people, even even twelve hundred, they either don't or can't make it happen. Unfortunately, right? So that's where, you know, we're running to quite a few limitations because, again, as a coach, I, of course, this is the third time, third lockdown that I have to deal with this particular type of situation in which the gyms get closed and, uh, you know, every single client has. Different access or a different variety of equipment so you know as a, you're not like I'm not going to try to make them or force them to buy stuff if it's just not within their means or even their will right like I let them let them know you know the more you're able to invest the more you're going to be able to get out of it but I think in a lot of cases it's about the uncertainty because they they are thinking likely oh they said we're gonna get shut down for three weeks so do i want to invest this type of money for only three weeks when in reality by now being lockdown experts by now all of us we know that you know in most cases you get told a specific time frame and it gets being doubled or tripled yeah it's just it's just interesting interesting it depends on again what is their level whether what are they willing to do how driven they currently are you know as a coach you have also a responsibility to make them realize what is possible what are their options what is within their means and try to bring out the best in them but at the same time you know they're only going to be able to do what they're going to be able to do so it's uh depends on the person it depends on the approach
0: there okay so there are many cost-effective ways to be able to do this as well many cost-effective ways So for the people that are listening, for example, that want to do this, but you're living tight on the budget and you actually want to purchase equipment, uh, there is a guy on Facebook Marketplace that some of our, or some of Humberto's athletes, I should say, some of my teammates have used to make concrete weight plates. Uh, He reinforces them with rebar, paints them black, and they're half the cost. He'll make you a set of 45-pound plates for 80 bucks. That's one. That's one thing. I have another friend who's a carpenter, and he's more than happy to make people benches that are adjustable. If you want his information, I'm not going to put it on here, but you can hit me up, and I'll pass it along. And it's probably a third of the cost of what you're going to spend on a bench. The barbell, you're kind of on your own. You got to do that. But I'm just saying, like, there are ways to get around it. There are ways. And me personally, I'll be the first one to tell you that I fucked up because every time the gym's open, I sold all my shit, thinking that oh, it's not going to happen again. I've learned better. I've learned better. Yeah, so I've listen, gone, like every time,
1: once in a while, I get bored. I go on Face uh, Facebook Marketplace. So here I am one day, just checking, scrolling down, seeing what's up, and I'm like, hmm. That rack and Barbara looks familiar. And then I click on the ad and I said, if you're interested, message Byron. I remember I remember
0: man. I remember the reply. You're I thought like, I, I told what? you better. Oh,
1: what's up? I thought I told you better, son. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't teach me shit.
0: Um, no, honestly, man, yo. Before this third lockdown, we had two sets of restrictions come into play. The first time, I'm like ah, the gyms are fucked, and they were safe. Then they were safe, right? Then the second set of restrictions came in, and I was like, ah, the gyms are fucked for sure. And then it was like, no, we just need to stay nine feet apart. And like, it survived two rounds. Nine feet. It survived two rounds, right? And then the next Friday comes, and there's the there's all of us sitting at a tall room. and of course. A certain someone goes, there's new restrictions coming out tonight. And we're like, don't fucking swear at us like that. And I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. We already survived two rounds. Third time was a charm. Back to square one. You should have known better.
1: I know. And and of course, every single time there's the element of hope. But at one point you're like, okay, am I, should I be hopeful still? Or should I be a little bit more realistic? I was, I've been prepared for the third lockdown since the very first time I saw the possibility of it in social media, which was like shortly after the beginning of January, you know, I think, you know, the more prepared, and this is another thing that, you know, for, <laughs> with some clients, especially for all these shows, you know, some clients it almost try to avoid talking about the subject. And this is just, just a specific type of thinking that I don't believe is in anyone's best interest. You're just delaying the inevitable. It's going to catch on to you. And I can I can sense it, you know, we, I kind of, Start by a conversation. I, yeah i kind of want to start a conversation so in the event you know the um inevitable now we know happens if show a show gets postponed or whatever it's going to still suck because you are considering the possibility of it but i i find that if you have that hard conversation because it's hard to really especially if you've been prepping for a while you're so invested even thinking about the possibility of your prepping or this show being pushed for like what four more months, it hurts, man. Like, you know, for some people, it may, it may be They make makes them feel very, very low, very, very disappointed. Anyways, and I can tell some people, yes, they want to address the situation right off the bat. Some others, they either don't answer right away or when they answer, they don't even answer the question. They just say something else. So I can, I can, I can sense that they're avoiding the subject because it's something they don't want to talk about it, whether they're being overly hopeful or they don't want to jinx it or whatever the case is. But I think the smartest approach and the best approach is to be prepared. Yeah, Expect the best, but be prepared for the worst. Because so far, that's, you know, it hasn't been the best in the most ideal scenario and circumstances. You have to be, uh, I think. And, and, and another thing too, uh, and this is my opinion, of course, but I find that I've seen some people be seemingly affected mentally or otherwise. The same from the first lockdown all the way to the third lockdown. So I'm sorry, but I can't help but think, didn't you learn shit? Like, have you not become a stronger person until then? Like, what happened from the first lockdown until now that you are affected the exact same way? You post the same type of sad stuff of how bad you feel about it like by now you should be a lot more resilient a lot stronger you've been through already two lockdowns the third one shouldn't even face you in my opinion because if you didn't learn you didn't grow from that ex that bad experience then what the hell are you doing you just went by i i don't know
0: i i can you know what i can i can touch on this one i was i was kind of emotional for the first three or four days Mm-hmm. didn't really post much i was very angry but most of it had to do with i was angry at myself because i had sold all my shit <laughs> and so so it wasn't like i was angry about the third lockdown it was just more like i was yeah, like yeah, yeah. i can't believe i fucked myself like this but now we're fine we're fine we're good this week made a lot of purchases but there was a moment where i was being a little bitch and i was being very upset and people were like oh is it the covid i'm like no it's not it's not the covid it's what i did that fucked myself with this situation but now everybody else though, yes, if you're still depressed because it's the third lockdown, that you you got to get over it.
1: Yeah, I don't mean to be, you know, rude or, or 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 I just I just don't understand why you allow yourself to be affected by it the same way. You know, we are designed to evolve and adapt and by being affected worse or the same even. You're proving that you're not adapting. You're not evolving. You're not, you didn't learn anything along the way. Just remember in these scenarios, the hardships
0: will make or break you. And people take that really lightly, but it's true, right? You are meant to become a product of your environment. You are meant to adapt like we just talked about and overcome it or surpass whatever you are, whether it's your maturity level, your physical level, you're meant to surpass those things so you can survive. Humans are meant to adapt to every situation, no matter what it is, but it's either that you adapt in a way that makes you stronger or you adapt in a way where you become complacent and you become broken and weak. So I can only speak from personal experience. I've been through this shit too, way too many fucking times in my life, <laughs> but some people have, it. some people are so sheltered that this is brand new to them. Some people are still in fucking denial thinking that, you know, this shit will last forever. And And, and mind you, you know what? COVID might become a a yearly booster shot. We never know. It might become a yearly booster shot. I don't fucking know. It might become a passport thing. But what I can tell you is this. If you are still obsessing, this is now going into the better part of a year and a half soon of being on and off of restrictions and the pandemic. This isn't going away anytime soon. It's not. So you got to get comfortable with the fact that this could reoccur again. We joke about it. You've made a meme before I've seen where it's like, we're now in the ninth wave. It's 2024. <laughs> but the fucking reality of it is, you don't know what life brings tomorrow. You can't be scared. Just fucking get over it, adapt, do what you can, and continue your life normally.
1: It is the point. Goes. Absolutely. And the point I think is, even if by now you haven't changed your ways and your mindset and your psychological approach to adversity, there is no guarantee that this is in or or similar scenarios in your life are not going to present themselves in the future. So the question is, what are you doing right now to be better prepared to evolve, to adapt and become a stronger person mentally, physically, every single other aspect in your life? To be prepared for this situation that is likely going to. I'm not saying specifically a lockdown or whatever, but it's the. A response to adversity, the response to um, something that is less than ideal, right? So if you don't start to work on that right now, you're going to trip over with the same rock every single time. So
0: I'm to I'm going to give people a bit of advice, a bit of advice, a little bit, instead of looking at it, like, because I know a lot of people do this, instead of looking at it like, oh, I just need to make it three more weeks, three more weeks to hear the new announcement about the restrictions. Stop paying attention to the news. Honestly, stop. You're going to make yourself sick mentally. Just live your life one day at a time because every good day that you have, whether, whether you're like an athlete or you're not an athlete, right? But as long as you have the will to work towards making that one day good, the next day will become easier and so on and so forth. You'll become more positive. You'll become a little bit more relaxed and you won't obsess with the current situation. I think. I
1: I agree. It's, 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 it's being less reactive and more proactive, if you will. 100%. Uh,
0: okay, we got really, we, we like, if here's the rabbit hole, we shot down that thing. And this is meant to be completely just about budgeting on prep. We're going to bring it back to what we were talking about. now. we're going to bring it right back. Okay. So if you were to give someone a budget, to prep at home roughly let's say let's you want, just join you your numbers man i don't oh my god i'm just trying to prepare these young kids these young kids okay, are working in wage jobs yeah. trying to become athletes
1: okay proceed
0: thank you sir what does the average person need to have in the bank so that they can buy the oh, shit to work gosh. out at home is how much two thousand bucks three thousand bucks as the very minimum yeah to buy the shit they need at home don't include something for cardio. It's summer, they can run outside. <laughs> uh,
1: it, I'm gonna give you a number and this is based on my experience and based on, on the level of skill that you have to look for deals. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that's nine, 200, 900. That's it. With, 9, 9, 9, with 900, I was able to get a power rack, uh, incline, decline, flat bench, an Olympic barbell. And a couple
0: of 45s where the fuck did you get all that for 900 bucks
1: you are a latino as well my friend you should know you you should know our ways no 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 no. i have
0: my <laughs> ways and you have your ways okay what i bought it would cost the average person probably three to four thousand dollars so my question to you is what advice do you have for someone who doesn't have the hookups or who doesn't know where to look because i could put links in the bio i could put flamin fitness you know a couple People who they could consult so, for all these kind like, of things.
1: Well, right. disclosure basically, these prices I was able to get because I reacted immediately, I didn't wait. Uh, and again, I owe this to my wife because she's the one that said, You know what, let's just get as much as we can. Where I was just going to get a couple things, I was just going to get bands. Um, I, again, I would think I was in denial, but once she mentioned that we looked online and the, the power rack that we got, we got it for $300. So, because like the prices then were just the regular. Prices back then, cheaper in all senses. As the demand increased and as people started to really need more and more of you know, this equipment, the price, of course, uh, went up and, and the price changed. But when we, act, you know, because we acted a little bit sooner, we were able to get this deal. So there is an element of timing as well. It's an element of how often you check things. It's an element, whether you have, the, you know, you're ready to, once fine, you find it to get it, because sometimes you're like, you're checking, checking, checking. And then it's available. And it's cheap. You're like, can I? Should I? So you have to be ready. Otherwise, you're gonna lose some, you know, that good sale, and then you're gonna regret it later potentially.
0: You have that fitness, uh, or the power rack off Fit- Fitness Avenue, right? Yes. Yeah. But right now, still- the power rack is like four or five hundred, I think. it's still, still three hundred. The same one you have is three hundred. Is it? <laughs> yeah. So, there you so go. for those of you that need a power rack, it's still three hundred bucks off Fitness Avenue. You just have to be prepared to pay the shipping.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Make it count. But yeah, that one is still three hundred bucks. A bench. A bench right now, man, you know what's crazy? I'm just going to give you the analogy. The way that they're selling fitness equipment right now, no matter where you go, is the equivalent to the worth of drugs in prison. So I'll give you an example. One gram of cocaine in prison is 10 times the value of it on the street. One gram of marijuana is 10 times the value of it out here. So if you pay $10 for a gram out here, you're paying $100 for a gram in prison. so, So question, is there a gym in prison? Absolutely. Where do you think I started working out? Kisses. Okay, so there you go. That's your cheapest approach. Oh fuck! Yeah. Hey guys, go, <laughs> go get caught. Go get caught selling drugs. It's an automatic two years plus a day. You'll come out there buff as hell, jacked, jacked, and probably covered in tattoos. That's where I got all mine.
1: No kidding. I would never have guessed.
0: Fuck you, man. What are you trying to say? Anyways, um, don't mind my co-host's sarcasm. That's what we feed off around here: sarcasm and black coffee, guys. <laughs> back to the task at hand. Okay. So if he's saying 900 bucks, realistically, it's a—it's probably actually almost the same minus the cost of 45s because the cost of 45 pound plates right now are a little crazy. The real thing, obviously you're paying $2 or $2.50 per pound. So you really got to do your homework and find what works for you. Some people like the metal ones some people like the rubber ones. If they're the rubber ones, you're going to pay more no matter what, I think. But there are ways. Um, so with that being said, I will turn it back to you, Humberto. Do you have more that you'd like to elaborate on when it comes to these topics as we just keep getting weaker here to away.
1: No, Uh, you know what? I I wanted to talk about this because I found it was a relevant topic since I just started my my prep uh, this year, you know, even despite the lockdown and whatnot, this is something that I love so much that I just want to keep doing for as long as I can. Uh, Now, of course, I have to be a little bit more careful with the timing and the timeline and the shows that I pick because... I have to balance that with the shows that my clients are doing and I I, I want to ensure that uh, neither gets affected whether it's my prep uh, nor my client's preps, right? Uh, So, you know, these are topics that, of course, cross my mind and that this is something that I am coaching myself this time around. So, I am an advantage of it is that I am in control of absolutely every single variable, every every single um, thing and element within the program. So, um, you know, I design my own training program, my own uh, nutrition plan, supplement protocol, and everything else. Um, I it's it's gotten me. This is now the 17th prep that I'm going to be doing. So it's gotten me this long to feel confident enough to be able to coach myself, despite the. Emotional roller coaster and the ups and downs and the you know bias that you get when you're feeling tired. You always feel like you're looking like crap when reality you look not that bad. So there's that vision that is skewed slightly when you're uh, prepping yourself and you have to really assess what you're seeing, right? Um, So I'm very excited for to apply everything that I learned even from last year's prep with 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 Patrick and and you know every single time that I start a prep, especially if I do it on my own. I sit down and I just review every single thing that I've learned from every single coach and every single prep. And I put it together to come up with the most optimal potential, the most optimal possible plan. You know, in your plan, if there's something that doesn't really have a reason or it's not as carefully thought of, you should review it. And if not, if it's not necessary, you know, sometimes less is more. So every single exercise I picked, is based on not necessarily my own preference on what I like the most, or, but rather what is going to elicit the most growth and response in the muscle. A lot of these exercises are really tough exercises and hard exercises, but in my in my mind, if it's what's going to create the better the best physique that I can. Uh, possibly bring for my next show, then it has to be in. Same with the diet. I have, you know, you have to, I selected the elements that I know work for me, uh, the timing of the elements, you know, what's more easily digestible for me uh, before training, after training, what is the best meal that I could have before going to bed, everything, every single element has been uh, selected carefully so I can bring the best possible version that I've ever brought into a stage. Uh, ever or and so far so um you know
0: i'm not disclosing that okay last question then would you travel during a prep or only if you absolutely had to i'm not talking for a show just in general would you ever travel somewhere on
1: a prep well this time around i'm gonna have to travel multiple times actually i know
0: i i realize this but i'm saying in general when you're not on a prep, like let's say you're on a prep but i'm not talking traveling to the destination of the show would you just travel during the prep if you had the opportunity? Mm,
1: no, absolutely not. Not a chance. Figures no, anything, a chance. anything that throws me off my structure and environment and habits that I've very carefully selected and set up, I would say no, unless it's an obligation. And the way I see it as an obligation is I show that I have multiple clients uh, that I would definitely like to be there for them. Um, pro qualifiers, if I have more three or more clients, and, uh, well, this year we postponed our, the show that I am promoting uh, for September 25th. So this is going to be a number of weeks. It's going to be within the prep. It's going to be a number of weeks before uh, the show that I'm going to be doing. So it's um, a lot all that once. It, it, it's, a, it's a lot of once. It's going to become overwhelming. I mean, I am prepared to, my goal is to, you know, be ahead. So those couple of days that I'm going to have to devote 100% to the show that I'm running, that they don't affect my prep. It's going yeah, to be a le- Yeah. It's going to be interesting kind of adapting for the other, at least two shows that I'm going to have to be traveling with, within my prep, not the one in Cancun, but all, you know, pro qualifiers and this one regional, because you know, the things that, uh, that are going to change when you travel you have to take a look at whether you can get the exact same elements in your diet whether you have access to a good enough gym you know these are things that you have to obviously there's going to be a different gym so the first time you work there work out there is going to be a learning experience because you have to find your way and what's there does this feel right Is this a good machine so you're trying to get as close as possible to the approach that, that i am currently doing here at home in my basement right so yeah it's very interesting but you know what like if if you got to think about it, like you know, a lot of the pros they have to adapt and, and become these type of of athletes that travel all, all around the world, and they have to be still doing what they love to do, and they have to do despite of the change of environment, right? So that's the way I see it.
0: Florida basically became like you know the the hub, the hot spot for all bodybuilders now, right? In the states, yeah. I anyway. Mean, and a lot of the some, shows
1: are taking place there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like what three of them already so far? Indie Pro. Trying indie pro new york pro and then soon to be tampa pro and the olympia yeah and the olympia yeah so be yeah interesting thanks um okay i feel like i had one more thing to talk about but i I don't remember so i'll save it for the next podcast with that being said though guys we are going to bring this episode to a close i want to thank each and every one of you uh keep your eyes peeled i'm sure at some point we'll start looking into a manufacturer for the clothing that we had talked about sooner than later maybe and of course like always if you like our content like share subscribe we are on spotify youtube just hit the bio or the link in the bio for the link tree
1: and enjoy anything you want to say humberto on the way out well thank you for listening guys and uh you know hopefully you a couple of the things that we said today resonated that's the always the goal to help you guys in how to think and how to approach certain aspects in in this sport and in life in general so uh yeah thank you for listening and uh until the next one of course oh
0: and uh before i go guys um we will get our editor to throw a couple links in the bio for different uh places you can buy some fitness equipment from if you need it but with that being said guys you take care of yourselves and we will see you next monday